Welcome back to Brojo Online. Today we're going to talk about being weird. In my work as a coach, I've come to the realization that many, many people are afraid of being seen as weird, standing out and being different in some negative way. And many people are ruled by this fear. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity confidence and integrity so i've noticed this well i first noticed this with creative types artists wannabe chefs musicians dancers painters there are a lot of great artists out there but you're never going to hear about them you're never going to see their work because they hold themselves back You're never going to read their books or look at their paintings or watch them dance because they're too scared that they're going to be judged as weird. And so instead they are accountants and IT specialists and mechanics and all these other things that they don't actually want to be. That's not their passion and their calling. But you're never going to see them. You might even be friends with some of them. You might even be one of them yourself. And that art is never going to be exposed to the world simply because someone is afraid of being judged as weird. Because what is artistic expression? It's just honesty, isn't it? It's just showing how you feel through dance, through food, through sculpture, through writing. Uh, I'm an artist of sorts myself. This podcast is art. I'm expressing myself through spoken word. I'm putting into words my thoughts and feelings and there's an art form to that but i didn't start doing podcasts until after the age of 30 so what the fuck was i doing for the first 30 years because i was still an artist on the inside but like many people i was afraid of being judged and specifically being judged as this thing that we call weird i believe it starts with bullying or strict parenting or having siblings exclude you, or having a teacher give you shit in the classroom. There's these subtle hints that you get from very early on about the need to fit in and be normal. This undefinable, vague thing that you're constantly pressured to be. And the punishment you get every time somebody believes that you've been abnormal. People make fun of you, people don't include you in their groups or activities. People frown and look at you with contempt. There are lots of ways in which you get these subtle and not so subtle signs that being different is wrong and weird. Especially, I think the worst is when you're doing something that you enjoy, some some form of expression, speaking your mind, engaging in some artistic creation, socially interacting with people. It's in some way you're expressing yourself and then you get a short, sharp electric shock of disapproval for it and this repeats it's kind of like complex ptsd you get all these little traumas every time you try to express yourself you get a negative reaction and when you try to fit in you get a positive reaction and essentially it's conditioning you start to be the thing that fits in and and feel a deep fear and repulsion towards standing out and being different or being weird What is weird? Not everyone uses this word, but everybody kind of understands the concept of being afraid of it. In a sense, 
being weird is about not making sense. It's a fear of being misunderstood, of doing something that creates a confused reaction in others where they don't get you. You don't make sense to them. You're an alien. You're not a human anymore. You're not something that they understand. Because when we're younger, that's what gets the worst reactions. You know, if we're a young child and we're in a bad mood and nobody can figure out why we're in a bad mood, they get angry with us. Like our bad mood has to make sense to them. Like we're not allowed to feel something unless it's rational. Or you, maybe you're a budding musician. You're just getting started, but you're like a crazy musician, you know, you're like a John Lennon style. You start banging away on a drum kit making weird sounds and everyone's like, oh, I don't like the sound of that. But actually you were creating something. God, it could have been a masterpiece ahead of its time, but you got shut down. You'll notice it in the way somebody's walking down the street and they need to change direction and they don't just turn around because they got their original direction wrong. They put on this show of like sort of explaining with body language to anybody who might be watching why they're turning around. And maybe they look at their phone and do an exaggerated exclamation like, oh, and then they turn around as if to explain to people why they're doing this strange, weird change in direction. We're deathly afraid of being misunderstood. We get angry at people when they don't interpret us the way we think we should be interpreted. When we're explaining ourselves and they just don't get it, we get this kind of anger from fear. We become extremely worried, like something bad is happening, like this is a threat. Like if someone doesn't get me, that's going to hurt in some point in the future. I want you to start questioning this. What's your definition of weird? And how do you... Behave in a way to prevent other people from thinking that you're weird. How do you explain and justify yourself to people to try and make sure that they understand you? Do you over-explain your stories and give too much detail and answer questions that haven't even been asked just to avoid any sort of follow-up to your story or explanation? Do you try to make it look like you know what you're doing all the time? Do you try to dress like everybody else dresses? Do you avoid expressing your more extreme opinions? Do you avoid doing your art? How is it that you hide your weirdness? You know, we see other people that we perceive as weird. For example, somebody on the autistic spectrum who hasn't quite figured out how to socialize properly yet. And we see them as being unwillingly weird, like they're weird, but they don't want to be. They can't help it. Maybe even someone with a physical disability or deformity or something like that we see somebody who's stands out and is different and weird and judged by people but they can't help it they can't do anything about it but they can't help it they can't do anything about it and we're terrified on their behalf we think god i would hate to be them we can't think of anything worse than to be weird but to do so unknowingly or unwillingly to be stuck with being weird be the odd one out we're terrified of that we feel great pity and sympathy for others who are like that but we also don't reach out to them or get too close to them because we don't want to get pulled into their circle we don't want to end up being cast out as a friend of a weird no we don't want to be cast out as the friend of the weird one 
Remember that at school, there would be someone who was bullied and teased for being different, and you felt sorry for them, but you also didn't make any major effort to befriend them. You didn't want to... It's like getting too close to a drowning person, and they they pull you under with them. You felt sympathy, but you had to take care of yourself first. Some kids didn't. There were some kids who kind of thrived on, you know, including the weirdos. Those little heroes that existed in primary school, but they got punished for that. You know, none of the popular kids ever did it. None of the cool kids did it. You notice that? We looked up to these kids, and yet they were most often the bullies. They were the ones that made us scared of being weird in the first place. But we look at that. We see these people who are unwillingly weird. And as much as we feel pain on their behalf, we don't want to get pulled down with them because they represent our greatest fear. That's probably why they're often the target for bullies and in them the bully sees the thing that he fears the most to be the outcast to be the odd one out you notice how we always react poorly to outgroups even when they don't do us any real harm look how poorly we treat the homeless in general how many times have you walked past a homeless person and done nothing to support them never talk to them never get to know them Find out if they're a normal human being like you, just down on their luck. I spent a few months as a kind of experiment. I'd talk to the homeless people in my local city. And for the most part, I couldn't really distinguish them from other people. They weren't really that weird. They had normal things to say and they just kind of had a string of bad luck and poor decisions that could happen to anyone. But before that, I just look at them as these kind of alien creatures. I didn't want to get too close to them. I didn't want to be seen as near them for some reason. Look how much shit people give vegans. I mean, isn't it crazy? Sure, some vegans are quite obnoxious. There's no denying that. But most of them, they're trying not to be cruel to animals. Why on earth would we mock someone who has that as a goal? And at the same time, if we see a video of someone kicking a cat to death, we get outraged. And we'll punish them and put that person in prison. But somebody says, I don't want to eat animals, and they're a weirdo, and we tease them and make fun of them. Why? Why on earth would we punish someone for being kind to animals, when we ourselves have those values? We just don't mind eating them as well. Metalheads. I'm in the heavy metal scene, or was, for much of my time. And the funny thing is, a lot of people in that scene are highly intelligent, emotionally intelligent human beings. There are actually studies to confirm that people who listen to metal are generally better off emotionally than others. There's something about the stability of getting all that angst out through music. But you walk down the street covered in leather and chains and tattoos and people will cross the road to avoid you. Sure, I guess there's some intimidation factor there, but... Most metalheads are computer nerds. The likelihood of one of them getting in a fight is very slim. You know, the guy who's dressed up nice to go to the nightclub is probably more dangerous. Or circus performers and carnies and all those other types that are on the fringe of society. We don't mind paying to watch them perform, but we wouldn't be friends with them. or wouldn't make an effort to get to know them. Because as valuable as we find their weirdness, we don't want to be seen as one of them. So I want you to notice how judgmental you are about weirdness. How dangerous you perceive it to be. So dangerous you don't even test to see if it's dangerous. You've already made that decision. 
But I also want you to notice there are certain weirdos in society from whom you gain massive value. So there's kind of two types of weird. There's the valuable weird and the offensive weird. Now the offensive weird is the one that we're worried about being. The type of weird that nobody likes, that nobody wants to include in their group. The type of weird that gets you punished, like being the autistic kid who's really into trains. But then there's the other valuable type of weird, the Lady Gaga type of weird, the Russell Brand, Jim Carrey type of weird. The type of weird that people pay millions and millions of dollars to go and see, to be part of. The type of weird that people worship. The type of weird that provides some sort of valuable service or product that gets us through the day. I mean, think of your favorite music over your lifetime. Odds are the best of it was performed, written, and created by weirdos. Jim Carrey, I'm such a big fan of his. There's no one like him on the planet, no one even really close to him. He's unique, which is another way of saying he's incredibly weird. And yet we love him for it. So what's the difference? Why is it that some weird is seen as highly valuable? We enjoy it, it entertains us, we connect with it. We love the person for it. Particularly, you can see it in artists. But there's other types of weird that we punish, we find offensive, that we're scared of being. And I want you to notice how you give permission to others to be weird, but not to yourself. Maybe you've got a kooky, creative artist friend who doesn't follow the rules and kind of lives in their own reality, and you just let them be, like, yeah, that's just... You know, that's just Jim. That's the way he is. Can't change him, wouldn't want to. But you yourself, no, you're not allowed to be like that. You're not allowed to let your weirdness out. Other people can let theirs out, but other people can let theirs out, but not you. You have to be normal. So I want you to notice that double standard. Why is it you let other people be weird? You don't punish them for it. Sure, you might not include them in your group, but if you're listening to this kind of podcast, you're probably not a cruel or a bullying type person odds are you let other people be weird without too much interference but you don't give yourself that same permission or acceptance or love why not why are you entitled to more slavery than others why do others get to be more free than you you'll notice that you spend an inordinate amount of time assessing the potential risk of weirdness a kind of hypersensitivity where you're constantly sussing out what's normal and what will be judged as weird and making little adjustments to get into the normal frame. You might even notice that you do some things that would be weird in, say, your friend's company but are normal to do in a dance group. So you're constantly changing. Like in the dance community, it would be weird to be a tough guy and put on a macho act so you'll notice that none of the guys there do it or very few of them do it and yet that's exactly how they'll behave with their friends because it would be weird not to do that with your friends so weirdness is contextual it depends who's watching sometimes you're allowed to be weird and sometimes you actually force it you be weird in a way that you don't want to be but in order to fit in I see this, and this is probably why vegans get a lot of shit, is there's a lot of weird for the sake of weird. 
in the group. You get this in a lot of the fringe groups, the trending fringe groups, where people join just because they want to be seen as weird. That's actually their normal. And these are the people that often undermine and sabotage these groups from within. There are what you might call real vegans, and then there's poser vegans, the ones who just want to be seen as vegan, and they revel in the and the kind of disgust and, and the reactions that they provoke from the outgroup, you know, from everybody else. Whereas the real vegans are like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to do this for a reason. But they can't help it because they're all in one group. I can see this in a lot of the fringe groups. You know, this is what I think has absolutely destroyed feminism. There are the feminists who genuinely want equal rights and opportunities for men and women and then there are the ones who just want to be known as a feminist and they like being this kind of combative on the edge you know out outlier and so they end up destroying the group from within because they make such a scene that they don't actually represent the group very well at all but just notice you you've got this constant hypersensitivity you're constantly trying to figure out what's weird and what's normal and judging which behaviors you should engage in to be normal and which behaviors you need to suppress or avoid doing in order to be normal and not be seen as weird. And so you're constantly hitting these conflicts where what you want to do or what you believe in is weird, but the group norms clearly don't allow for it. So you suppress it. And eventually you do this for so long that you're not even sure who you are anymore. You spend so much time trying not to be weird that you end up just not being yourself. Because weird is honest. That's all it is. I'm not talking about weird that people force, the you know, the wannabe vegans that try to be weird for the sake of being weird, or the hipsters. People are trying to stand out. That's different. That's just insecurity. It's just neediness for attention. But true weirdness is just honesty, where you speak your mind and express yourself in such a moment where that is not considered normal. Your opinion's not considered the normal opinion. You know, the uh, the thing you want to do is not what most people seem to want to do, and so on. So you come to this conclusion, well, if honesty is weird, then there's an obvious solution. I have to hide the truth. So you start developing these strategies, these mechanisms for hiding the truth to hide your weirdness. Think of all the ways in which you adjust your behavior. It, it's often very subtle. For example, the way you walk down the street, you might be just conscious of how you're walking. You know, maybe you don't want to look like you're not doing anything important, so you make a point to look in shop windows or to walk really fast like you're going somewhere special. These little behavioral adjustments you do just in case someone's watching. You'll notice they're different because you don't do them when nobody's watching. You notice how weird people are when they're in their car. You know, it's, people seem to forget that windows are see-through. So when you watch someone in a car, they'll talk to themselves, they'll sing, they'll pick their nose, they'll dance to the music, they'll have fake arguments with their steering wheel. These people would never do this if they sort of came to the realization that they're being watched. Like, I used to sing really loud to the radio, but I'd only do it when I'd carefully first assess that none of the nearby cars had a line of sight with my face. If I was pulling up next to someone on the motorway, I'd stop singing. 
What other things do you do to hide your weirdness? What are the little adjustments you make as soon as somebody's watching? You know, maybe at work, if you're bored, you suddenly look busy if the boss walks past. You don't want to be seen as someone who's actually bored or someone who's finished the work quickly. Maybe you laugh a bit too loud and seem a bit too interested on a date because you think it would be weird to not care. There's lots of little things you do that you only do when you think people are watching and you're worried about their judgment. And if they weren't, you'd do something else. And this is where you start to identify what is the weirdness that you hide? What's the thing you would do differently if no one were watching? Maybe it's the the clothing that you wear to the gym. You know, I don't go to the gym much anymore, partly for this reason. But when I used to go there, it used to just blow my mind how many poses were there. There were were girls wearing makeup at the gym. (laughs) How does makeup help you do exercise? There were guys who had like $400 worth of equipment on them, just in terms of shoes and belts and gloves and everything like that. It's like they put more effort into looking like they're into working out than actually doing the workout themselves. You can see it with cyclists. You know, they wear all this latest gear designed to like minimize wind resistance and shit. Like, dude, you're not in the Olympics. And if you wanted to work out, you'd have even more wind resistance if you actually wanted this to work out, you know? But they want to look like cyclists more than they actually want to cycle, it seems. And a lot of people do this. They put a lot of effort into looking like they're part of the group than actually being honest. Which might mean, like, maybe you like cycling, but you don't like the cyclists. You know, one of the things I realized being in a metal band, it was a tough one for me and the band to come to terms with. We liked each other well enough, but we really didn't get along with a lot of the other bands. We just weren't like them, mentally, you know? In the end, we stopped dressing like them, and that was a big move for us. We stopped wearing the black and the chains and just started wearing the clothes we liked wearing. And we always looked odd at the gigs, you know? We'd be surrounded by hair and black, and then these guys with polo shirts would get on and start doing progressive metal. But it's because... You know, we were trying to fit in for so long without realizing, look, we like the same things, but we are not like these people. Maybe they're not even like this, but they're all pretending to be. It's not like they all spontaneously, accidentally wore the same clothes. They're obviously mimicking each other. So you're surrounded by people who are also hiding their weirdness. If you watch them carefully, well, you probably make them even more nervous, but you'll see them do it. Next time you're driving in the car, you see someone singing, just keep your eye on them and watch what happens when they notice that you're watching. The singing comes to an end. You'll actually kind of ruin their day. But it gets bigger than just tiny behaviours, and it gets really painful. And this is where people start to do big changes to their behaviour to hide the weirdness, not just the little things. This is where people start to suppress anything that might reveal some sort of anti-social opinion or idea, something that might get disapproval or might get them kicked out of the tribe. Like I said earlier, I I particularly see this with artists. There are people out there who could be making amazing music, who could be designing a new style of dance, who could be cooking the Michelin star meals, but they don't because somebody might judge them as weird, maybe. That's their whole reason for holding back. I actually got called out on this myself. 
was uh, on a podcast interview with uh, the guy who's my current coach, Rich Litvin. And it was on, it was in this theme. I was talking about how I was kind of delaying and procrastinating on finishing my next book, The Naked Truth. I quite, wasn't quite getting it done to the schedule that I had planned and kind of dallying around on it. And I, I was telling him this after describing the book and saying, look, I basically think I've found the psychological equivalent for the cure to cancer. The cure to self-confidence is honesty, and I've, I've found it, and I want to share it with people. But I keep putting it off. And it was essentially a concern about how people were going to view me for being this kind of outrageous with my opinions. I mean, you probably heard it yourself. Somebody actually believes he's found the psychological equivalent to the cure to cancer. It's probably delusional, right? He's weird. And so this was subtly holding me back. And of course, because my ego called me a confidence coach, I wasn't allowing myself to admit that maybe I am worried about being judged. And what he said is, you're a selfish bastard. Which was exactly the right thing to say. And I've since quickly completed my book. But this is what I want to start putting out there. Those of you who are hiding a lot of who you are because you're worried about being judged as weird, you are depriving the world of whatever it is that you're holding back. Your opinions, your art, your truth. There are people out there who could benefit from it, though you won't believe that until you experiment with it. But because you're a little bit worried that some loser will watch you from the sidelines and think of you as weird, you don't share it. You do some shitty job instead of your true calling. You hang out on social groups that were just sort of hand-fed to you rather than creating your own with the weirdos who are like you. There are a lot of things you do, you suffer through as a miserable, mediocre life just to avoid some people you don't even care about thinking of you as weird. A little bizarre as a strategy, isn't it? You deprive the world and yourself of enjoyment just so that judgmental losers don't dislike you more than they already do. And trust me, they already dislike you. Have you ever stopped in the middle of the street? Just lie down. It's an old classic. Walking down the footpath, you just lie down. It's a very weird thing to do. Nobody does this. Just try it and see how long you can handle doing it. Obviously do it in some position where people aren't going to accidentally stand on your face, but just notice the discomfort for you to do something like that, something so socially abnormal. And yet it harms nobody. It could, in fact, inspire some people. But it's just a little example of something that will absolutely do you no harm, and yet you're terrified of it as if it's like drinking poison or putting a gun in your mouth. We so desperately try to fit in. We're convinced that we need to fit in. It's something that we kind of develop in childhood. And in childhood, it's kind of accurate. You know, when you're a young kid or you're a teenager, there's a lot of pain associated with not fitting in, a lot of loneliness at a time where you're very social or yearning to be social. And for some people, it's outright cruelty. You know, some of the bullying that people have experienced is at the level of torture. If an adult were to do it to another adult, it would be considered a crime. 
and we don't fully develop psychologically until we're in our late teens and early 20s so that whatever strategies we design to protect ourselves prior to that are immature and unwise they're often based on really kind of inaccurate biases and emotional overreactions if you're being bullied or you watch someone else being bullied and you're scared of it happening to you you might come up with a strategy to avoid that but it may be a strategy that's actually very detrimental to your life in the longer term my strategy to fit in i've talked about it a million times before to be the funny guy and to be the cool guy or whatever that meant not doing a lot of things i wanted to do it means not singing, which I still haven't done. It meant not dancing, which I didn't start until I was in my very late 20s. It meant not reading as much as I wanted to. It meant playing sports that I didn't really want to play, like rugby. It meant me doing a lot of things to try and fit in and sacrificing the things I really wanted to do because there wasn't time left over after trying to fit in. And I carried this strategy through into adulthood. And many of you will have noticed that even if the strategy worked for you when you were younger, you successfully avoided being weird. As you get older, it seems to become more painful. It's like it kind of doesn't work anymore. I mean, it works in the sense that you still fit in, but now you don't enjoy it anymore. I can see that there's a group I'm no longer friends with that I used to hang out with a lot and they just spent so much time desperately trying to fit in with each other desperately pretending that they all had the exact same interests and all were all equally enthusiastic about the same things and because that picture was quite a mediocre one basically just getting on alcohol and drugs and going fishing and that was it that's all they had they weren't allowed to read books, they weren't allowed to enjoy fine arts, they weren't allowed to pursue careers that weren't trades. And they all kind of just got themselves locked into it. They're, as far as I know to this day, they're still like that. Now I have no doubt that for a few of them this is authentic, but there's no way the whole group is exactly the same. No fucking way. Which means some of them are sacrificing in order to fit in. Some of them don't want to be seen as weird by the group. So they keep doing the shit that everyone else is doing, and now they're suffering from it. They're having health problems for all the drug abuse. Their careers are no doubt starting to become unsatisfying and boring. They've only had the same group of friends since they were like 10. There's no sort of fluctuating social influence, no new ideas. There's a lot of suffering in there, and most importantly, not being yourself. There's huge suffering in there. You might think I'm judging them, but I've had it from good sources that a number of them are secretly suffering from depression, have been looking up things like chronic anxiety disorders and so on, so I know that they're suffering. I know I know the signs that they're full of shit. Some of them are anyway. So when you become an adult, trying to avoid being weird starts to turn on you. It no longer is a helpful strategy. Sure, it still kind of works friends still like you or your family still approves of you or your workmates think you're one of the team or whatever the fuck but inside you're dying inside you're miserable as many of my clients have described it it's like being a slave it's like being in a cage 
I was saying this to one of my clients just the other day that I feel like an emancipated slave and I've got to come back and help the others free themselves. Because that's what it feels like. Being a slave to fitting in, it fucking sucks. And yet people keep doing it. They kind of haven't stopped long enough to think, hey, do I still like this? Does this strategy still bring joy into my life? Or do I just keep doing it because I've always done it and I'm scared? Why do you keep doing it? Does it work for you? Is fitting in all it's cracked up to be? Would you recommend it to others? You know, when other people are truly unleashed, where you see other people who get to be fully authentic and their weird selves and they're shameless about it, do you feel no jealousy, no envy? Are you thinking that they're doing life wrong and that you're doing it right by fitting in and getting everyone's approval all the time? For me, it, It's like living in a cage. The metaphor I often use is a common one, which is the duck floating on top of the pond. From the surface, it looks very serene and calm. The duck's just quietly paddling along. But if you look under the water, the legs are going like clappers. You know, they look like an Olympic swimmer under the water, but you don't see that from the surface. And this is how I see most people. And I do mean most. I mean 80% plus of the population that I'm privileged enough to witness. I see these ducks on the pond. They look calm. They look like they know what they're doing, but they are struggling underneath. It's constantly gears turning, thrashing around, trying to survive. Because they're terrified. They're terrified of someone coming across and saying, you're weird. It's become like a lifetime pattern to avoid that. Another analogy I like to use is the idea of Agent Smith. See, what we learn earlier on is that everybody is the weirdness police. We never know who it's going to be. Some people are obvious, like maybe you've got a critical parent or you've got judgmental friends. But other times you just, you don't know who's going to turn on you and accuse you of weirdness. It's terrifying. It's like, it's like being a guy these days and being afraid of being accused of sexual assault. Like as soon as you're accused, you're ruined. There's nothing you can say, even if you didn't do it, you're fucked. And people are scared of being accused of weirdness in this way. You ask any guy and the word he's most afraid of being called is creep. We don't want to be that odd one out. And the reason I mention Agent Smith is I'm talking about Agent Smith from The Matrix. For those of you who have seen that movie. So when you're in The Matrix and you're getting up to mischief there, these Agent Smith characters can take over the body of anybody else there. So anyone, your family, your friends, your daughter, random strangers in public, any of them can turn into Agent Smith and start shooting at you. An old friend pointed this out to me. He he, he reckons that Agent Smith is actually the most important character in the movie. Movies. Because that's our greatest fear, is that we're surrounded by these police. These secret police. Anybody can become one of them. They might look like your friend or your family or their supportive cousin or kindly stranger, but if you do something weird, they will turn on you instantly, aggressively, painfully. A lot of people live in this constant fear. As soon as they're out in public, the more people around, the less weird they're going to be because the greater the risk of being found out by one of the police, one of the agents. I saw this numerous times. I remember first time I told... There was three of my friends in my lounge and I told them that 
I was going to start my own business as a coach. Up until this point, these three friends, close friends, had been supportive allies in my life. They'd been encouraging and, you know, good friends. And then they all just transformed the instant that I mentioned I wanted to start my own business. Bearing in mind, none of them had ever done that. They became instantly discouraging and unsupportive, even mocking me. What a stupid idea it was. I was lucky I didn't listen to them, but I was shocked. It was like there were three strangers in my house who weren't my friends. Like, where did my friends go? Who are these guys who pouring so much hate in my direction? Making me so nervous and unsure of myself. What's interesting is those three friends have since started their own businesses. And each and every one of them has mentioned at some point that I inspired them to do that. Or partly inspired them to do it. But they just turned on me. I mean, I was living with uh, this guy for a long time, one of my best friends, and um, I'd finally taken the plunge to start salsa dancing, which was a big step into the weirdness space for me. I'd always enjoyed dancing secretly. Like I'd complain when dancing came on in the movies, but I'd be watching intently and my leg would twitch sympathetically whenever I watched someone dancing well. But I never indulged in it and never showed any interest in it. Until now, until I signed up to the salsa class and I told him about it and I could see him struggling. He really wanted to stay being my best friend, but he really, really wanted to punish me for doing something weird like dancing. You know, in the culture that I was raised in, men don't dance because dancing's gay. And it was really weird to watch. It was just incredible to watch his reaction. And he just kept struggling with it. He's like, you're dancing. like." dancing dancing like you're actually dancing like you like it like you want to do more of it like you pay to dance it was trying not to hurt me but at the same time you could see him like it's like the agent smith was trying to take him over and he was battling with it he couldn't just say oh that's interesting i wouldn't like it myself but let me know how it goes he really desperately wanted to mock me for it and not in a fun banter best friend kind of way but like in a really dark, negative way. And this is what we're afraid of. We're afraid we'll set the Agent Smith off in someone else, and because of that, we don't go into the weird space. But I'm trying to point out to you, this is a childhood strategy. It's what protected you in school. Probably didn't even work very well. I want you to take a moment to think about the people whose weirdness has benefited your life. The, the friends that spoke their mind and you rely on them for the truth. The role models, the artists who have brought great music and art and cooking and everything into your life. The people who you're so grateful that they didn't suppress their weirdness, that they went for it. The people for whom you can see like if they didn't let their weirdness out, they wouldn't be as valuable. Their weirdness is part of their value. Then ask yourself, why do you let them do it? But not yourself. Why can you clearly see that their shamelessness about their weirdness is the source of their success and their value? And yet not allow yourself to experiment with the same. You suppressing your weirdness serves no one. Not even yourself. 
Sure, you fit in, but is that something you actually enjoy? Is that something healthy, helpful? Is that something you're going to look back on with pride on your deathbed? Like, thank God I fitted in. Really? If so, then I don't know why you're listening to this. Go and enjoy it. But if not, if you think, maybe I wish I fucking let myself out of the cage and got to actually live this one life I've got instead of being a fucking slave, maybe you're going to have to pick up your balls or your ovaries and try being a bit weirder. Maybe you're going to need to break the rules. Maybe you're going to have to let people judge you. Maybe people are not going to like you because you don't fit in, and that's fucking okay. There are plenty of people who don't like me. I almost shudder to think of what quantity that number is, but I would take that number, double it, triple it, multiply it by 10, and still be okay with it to have the freedom that I have now. I get to say whatever the fuck I feel like saying at any point in time. And nobody has ever stopped me. It was only ever me. I was the only one who suppressed that. I can make videos and write books and podcasts and speak my mind during coaching sessions now because I gave myself permission to do it. Nobody was ever stopping me. Nobody has ever stopped you. There is no Agent Smith. People judging you doesn't stop you from doing anything. People hating you doesn't stop you from doing anything. It's your avoidance of it that stops you. God, do you think not fitting in is such a big deal? Really? Think about it. Is it really such a big deal if people don't like you? Why? What's going to happen? They won't come hang out with you? Would you want to hang out with someone who doesn't like you? What the fuck are you even missing out on? Why we're scared of being judged is actually mind-boggling to me because there's no harm in it. Really. Everybody could think you're the weirdest fucking person on the planet. They could shout at you as you walk down the street and guess what? Still doesn't do anything to you. It's fucking harmless. But pretending to be something you're not and hiding what you really are your entire life, that hurts. That causes long-term dysthymia and depression. That causes chronic anxiety disorders. That causes waking up in the middle of the night not knowing who the fuck you are. You think being weird is going to hurt, but it's not. It hurts you to not be weird. It hurts you to hold it in. And the only way you're going to believe me is if you try it. So here's my challenge for you this week. Take a moment to reflect on all the little behaviours you do when people are watching. And just stop doing them. Stop doing those little adjustments to make people understand you. To make sense to people. When someone asks for your opinion on something or asks you how you're feeling, just tell them, but don't explain it. Don't justify it. Don't oversell the story to try and make people make sense of you. You know, if someone says, did you like the movie? Just say no. Don't explain why you didn't like it. Just don't like it. Be weird. Be different. Even if everyone else likes it. Just give yourself permission. Of course, if you want more assistance on how to be weird, how to let yourself out of the cage and free yourself from slavery, get in touch, dan at brojo.org, and we'll talk about it further. See you guys next time.